Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode of Blue Shirt Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Breakaway today to get access to our BSBOTs, Discord, and more for the price of a cup of coffee. Uh, and support this podcast. You may have noticed, if you're listening to this on some podcast hosts, that we put an ad before this for the first time. We went to a new host. That's right. We're selling out. But if you wanted to have no ads, let me tell you how to do that. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Breakaway. Very fun. The ad-free shows come up every single week. Uh, but we will have some new ads that are going on the show. So please support the show. We appreciate it. Just want to give that memo out there now. I'll be going on vacation next week, so we will have a pre-recorded episode. If anything crazy happens, which I do not believe will happen, we will cover it when I return. But for right now today, we have uh, Ethan, our, our dear friend Ethan Levy, to talk about the Islanders and what's going on there. We break down a little devil stuff and what's going on with them today, along with our Tampa Panarin news out from Russia. So without further ado, let's get to the show. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey, Blue Shirts Breakaway fans, welcome to the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead. It is August 1st, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. Oh, it's August 1st, and the Mets haven't traded for a reliever. Or J.D. Martinez, notably. PSBOT <laughs> listeners like, shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> we do the not Yankees traded for a reliever today. We like the Yankee trade. Yeah, we do. And uh, we've got more followers than him on Twitter. So that's pretty nice. Nice. Good for him. Good for him, that guy. <laughs> oh, suck a dick, Efros. You stink. Um, yeah, so not a lot has happened. I, I Shockingly enough... Uh, we're going to have Ethan on. He's a noted Islander fan later. We're going to ask him about Kadri and Oliver Wallstrom removing uh, Islanders from his Instagram profile. But for now, Gregory, the only news I could really find from this entire week, and I, I'm sure you, or I don't know if you saw this, but it was an interview that Artemi Panarin did in Russia. Uh, and the interview goes as follows, just so everyone knows. It, I didn't see it. I don't think a lot of people saw it. But pretty much he said he came back to Russia. I'm going to paraphrase this. Uh, he came back to Russia. His grandpa follows everything he does. Noted. Artemi Panarin has a Nokia phone and does not have a smartphone. So he doesn't check the news. He doesn't check shit. His grandpa was like, oh my God, where are they trading you? And Artemi Panarin with a puzzled look went, what? Who's trading me? I don't understand. His grandpa was like, Drury said you had a problem with your play. They're trading you. He goes, they can't trade me. I have a no movement clause. I've never talked to Drury about this. And there's absolutely no issues. Any other questions? That's about as yeah, far as the news goes this week. I also really like um, it. Didn't I? Don't, there's a lot to be desired in the translation, right? So we don't know exactly. What I don't know. Said, I don't speak Russian. Like, I don't know exactly what was said. I'm just going to paraphrase what was said. That's all. He just. I liked how he referred to people as speculators, and said that they were essentially just writing stuff to get clicks. Hmm. Now I'm not saying that's targeted at anybody. It's, it might I'm be. just <laughs> saying that those that's the verbiage that was used that I think is interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Who was it that wrote that article that said that? I can't remember. Don't worry about it. Um... <laughs> well, is it? Well, no. Is, no wasn't it was, Staple it was, the one really was, trumpeting? Absolutely Staple, yes. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. What yeah, a whatever. Jackaloon. Jackaloon. I don't know. I like I, Jackaloon, yeah. I think that's fair. That's I a fun that's one. Closer. No, it's fun. I think more people should say Jackaloon. I think so too. I say we bring it back. I don't. I don't know if it needs to be brought back. I don't know if it's a thing of the past. We're a you know big Jackaloon podcast. I hope that's not like the... something really bad that we gotta fuck. I gotta Google it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you know what? Out of sight, out of mind for me, but I'm going to Google it as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. A, a publicly acceptable way of calling somebody a jackass. Nice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emphasis on publicly acceptable. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Anyway. Boy, that was, that's from Urban Dictionary, so I think we're good. Yeah, I, I don't know how many times we need to come on this podcast and explain to people that there are very few scenarios in which the New York Rangers would trade Artemi Panarin and somehow become a better team. I I got really annoyed with the narrative that he's soft in the playoffs. I think you did as well. I still think he was um, injured, dude. I, I know it's yeah. never going to come out, but... Uh... I think the hardest criticisms you and I had towards Panarin, it was in regards to if he was injured, the Rangers weren't doing him any favors by playing him, and it's on the Rangers to take him out of the lineup because Panarin, like every hockey player, is not the kind of guy that's going to ask out if he's hurt. But if he's hurt and he's not himself and he's at 60%, it might, in theory, sound nice to have 60% of Artemi Panarin. But if you're asking 60% of Artemi Panarin to do what 100% of Artemi Panarin needs to do for you to win, then you're just not going to win and you need to change something up. Those are where our criticisms were, anything connected to Panarin in the playoffs. And again, if you listen to that, at no point in time are we actually criticizing Artemi Panarin. He's what one of the 15 best players in hockey in terms of forwards yeah like if you're if you're just to separate forwards from defensemen from goalies top 15 easy oh i think it's like top 10 very what easily. what in the world are you trading artemi panarin for that you're realistically getting back that's going to help your team win i do like it's like oh the cap you know he has a big cap hit it's like ah yeah because he's great he's really good <laughs> he's a yeah, whoever, player. whoever you move panarin for guess what they're getting paid what are temi panarin's getting paid if not more they're yeah like, they're Matthews probably get more. it's probably one guy and uh, uh, that makes eight million dollars ish and like mika only makes three million dollars less than artemi panarin and i know that's still like that's a serious player but that's a barclay goodrow like that's well, would you, you're building a team today. Would you rather have Artemi Panarin or would you rather have Mika Zvinajad and Barkley Goodrell on one team? Okay. Yeah, pro- on. Pro- probably Artemi Panarin. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's not that it's, tough. It's, it's not. He it's does, not, it's not, we're not asking you to do mental math here. No. Like, who would you rather have? Artemi Panarin or Chris Kreider and Vincent Trocek? Artemi Panarin. Yeah. Yes. It's not close, actually. No. No. No, it's not. Uh, all right. He also does mention, you know, parting ways with Strom is rough. Uh, calls it a business shocker. He did mention he's like family to him. You know, they, they shared joys and difficulties. You know, they probably smooched a bunch. Oh, times. by the way, what, what, we're not going to pat me on the back for essentially calling John Klingberg. You did absolutely call that. Uh, for people that do not listen to BSBOT or not, uh, subscribers or a Patreon, you should check it out. It's really great. But, uh, last week we were talking about Klingberg and all of a sudden I was like, where, where would he go? You were like, I don't know, Anaheim for a one-year deal, like eight million. <laughs> I do Nailed now. It. Before someone yells at us, I also added, I don't know how that makes sense for the Ducks, but whatever, um, whatever, man. Well, you I'll also put it mentioned the at the time, like kudos to you. You were like, well, they could trade him for a pick. That's what they'll probably yeah, do. Which, by the way, I I've never seen a contract more like designed to be traded at a trade deadline for one year where the first half of the year it's a no-movement clause, and the second half of the year they'll let him pick the 10 teams that he doesn't want to go to. But, like, they are trading him. He is here to become a first-round pick. That is what John Klingberg is here to do. And it's... what I, it, You know that meme? What's even, your purpose? You're a first-round pick. <laughs> like, that's it. It's even, it seems even more egregious than what uh, Buffalo was doing with that one year of Taylor Hall which, by the way, ended badly for Buffalo because they couldn't even get a first-round pick because they let Taylor Hall determine everything about where he wanted to go. Very smart. And the Bruins knew they had no leverage. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah that deal is designed to be traded. And I'm so happy that insiders were able to – oh, they didn't. That's right. I forgot. Right, right. The insiders have been uh, hilariously bad. Hilariously they... bad? It's uh, – We're going to talk – I'm going to save – I have a lot of critiques I want to go over about 32 thoughts, but I need Ethan here to do them. So I'm just going to drop that carrot right now yes. and say that we're going to do that as uh, soon as Ethan pops on. And Jesper Brad has filed for arbitration as well. I, I was yeah, He's also filed for a divorce, it seems like, from the New Jersey Devils. It does seem that way. <laughs> uh, I I wonder, I, I saw the speculation that he was asking for $8 million over eight years, which is, I was thinking Reasonable. about this earlier. Because if Kapokaka, let's say he actually performed. I'm not saying Capococco is not a good player. You you have to have this conversation. You know where the hell you are. 
Uh, but if he had like a, a kind of breakout two seasons, I don't know what the Rangers do. They, they couldn't offer him these contracts that the Devils are offering their young stars, like at all. <laughs> like they could never offer him. Well, they probably they. I mean, I don't think they signed Trocheck, right? Like it's that simple. The math would have changed. Here's my thing: if uh, if Kabokaka was coming off a season in which he scored 26 goals, had 47 assists, I don't know if you can do math at home. That's uh, 73 points. It is. So, uh, Got to tell you, if Kabokaka was coming off that season and then asked for a huge raise over eight years, I'd be one to give it to him. Yeah, I especially mean, probably especially if I knew, especially if I already knew. The thing about this that makes it so confusing is the Devils. A lot of their business is done. They have Dougie Hamilton. They have Jack Ham Jack Hughes. They have Nico Heischer. They they're good. For the most part, like the the guys you would consider their stars, they right? Have they're all locked up. Their core is not just locked up, but it's done on pretty reasonable contracts. We think they need a goalie. You and I aren't in love with either Vanacek or Blackwood at this point. They obviously need a few other players, but if you were worried about the guys that they need to take care of, we would be sitting here saying they, for the most part, have taken care of them. And then they go out and sign Palat for $6 million over five years, which makes you go, it would be a fine deal if he was like one of those final pieces where you feel like you're ready. And again, even with that deal, the Devils have $8 million in cap space. Yes, they have a couple guys they need to sign, one of which is Jesper Bratt. But even with that deal, you just go, all right, that's fine. But like, why sign Palat if you're not going to be able to keep Bratt long term, Right. Because if you're not keeping Brat long term, then you have to admit that this rebuild or reload is going to take a couple more years than you would like. So wait on signing your veteran leaders that you need to bring in because you don't know when you're going to actually need them. Like no matter what you – if you can't keep Brat, it doesn't change whether you can keep Heischer. You keep him no matter what. If you can't keep Brat, it doesn't matter whether you can keep Hughes. You keep him no matter what. You needed to get a, a star, quote-unquote, like Dougie Hamilton. So, again, you don't care if Brad stays or goes. You still have to get Hamilton. But, like, a Palat move, to me, I don't know why you do it if you don't think you can keep Brad. I also like, felt like the Palat move Palat's was a desperation. Not that guy. He's not making your team better. It wasn't. It didn't feel like a desperation move. Like, one of those guys, when he moves away from the Tampa Bay Lightning, just falls off a cliff. He's already 30 years old. He had maybe his best season last year. He had 49 points. I know early in his career he had a 63 point uh, in 2014. Uh, so he's had some good, good, good seasons. But in the last five seasons, he hasn't broken 50 points. Like this is a this is somebody that I get that you can't attract free agents when you're in New Jersey, right? You don't. You can't. You just. Oh, I mean, I mean guess, but you can. Dougie I, Hamilton. But I guess. I guess the problem there. The the problem the problem is, or at least what it feels like to me is, it's like the Devils set aside money for Johnny Hockey. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't sign. And they're like, well, we already set this money aside, so what if we just shave $3 million off it and give it to Palat? But instead, like, in, if you can't get Johnny Hockey, there's, like, no point in getting Palat. Because, again, we're talking – this essentially is like the Devils having, to a lesser extent, the Chris Kreider conversation. But it's a, it's a completely different conversation because at least Kreider was homegrown. But, like, would the Devils have signed Trocheck? If they couldn't get Johnny Hockey, what's the point? What What's the end game here? How much better is this one player making your hockey team that you're going to give a 30-plus NHLer a five-year deal at $6 million if, again, you can't keep your budding star winger? And it it's not like the Devils don't have the money. They do have the money. They have the money to extend them this year, and then they have right now projected cash base $36 million next year. So it's not like they are hurting – for Jesper Bratt room. They have it. It seems like at this point where I sit, it's that essentially Bratt doesn't want to, it, it, it kind of comes off as he doesn't want to be there. I I mean, that'd be great for us. I would love that. Yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I would love get, that. You know what? And trade him to the Western conference. I don't know for what get three first round picks back for him. I don't give two shits, but also now this is another conversation because now we're going to have to have the offer sheet conversation, Ryan. But I thought about I thought about this. This is a unique scenario for me, and I want to get your opinion on it. Sure, it's August. Everybody understands. Everybody understands. We're big offer sheet guys, and we think players should go out and sign offer sheets all the time. 
especially when it's teams like Tampa Bay and you can challenge them to have to keep one of their guys and lose one of their guys. And but no now here's does. my thinking yes. with Brad. This is a different situation where, again, we just said the Devils have the money, right? So I wonder if Brad's team is worried about him going out, getting a multi-year offer sheet, because that's what it would essentially have to be. No team besides, again, the Ducks have the salary cap space to drop a one-year offer sheet on Brad, and you're not going to give up that many future firsts on a one-year offer sheet for a guy like Brad. So he's in this special salary class where no matter what you do, you're giving up a first-round pick, so it has to be multiple years. But I wonder if Brad understands that, knows the Devils have the space, and simply goes, I really don't want to be here, so I don't want them matching it. So I'm not even going to sign an offer sheet because I don't want to accidentally Mm. extend my stay in New Jersey. Because if they do match it, I'm here forever. (laughs) Exactly. I'm here for seven more years. He could either be a devil for two years or a devil for five years. And if you're Brat in the negotiation, like unless Brat really wants to be in Jersey and it's just a money thing, then go get your offer sheet. But if Brat doesn't like how he's beating and being treated in New Jersey and wants out, Offshoot doesn't make any sense for him. I can't. You're not going to get. Sorry, go on. Well, no, I'm just. You're not going to get the one year deal that makes the price worth it, and you don't want the Devils matching your multi year deal. So you're just you're just in a rock and a hard place. I can't tell if I think the Devils are going to be really good in two years or a total disaster. It's like they have the talent, right? It's all there. First round picks, Jack and Nico, great. That's awesome. Jack's on a uh, $8 million a year contract. When the cap goes up, that'll be good for them as well. Great, still a young budding star. The defense, Dougie Hamilton, okay, they, they've got a lot of great defensive prospects. They've got a good top four. The goalie, that's a problem. But I just can't tell if, like, in two years, are they going to be, like, a contender for the Metro, or will they just be rebuilding again? Because you're going to be playing Palat at 33 years old, and I mean, what's happening. The good news with them is, again, as long as he sure has been in this league, it's nuts that he's just 23. Like, it's fucking crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, I feel like he should be 26 at least. The man's 23. He has another level to go to, and he needs to hit that yes. other level for them to be that team. But, like, you have Hughes and Heischer, which is such a monumental head start that, like, it allows you to walk through the wilderness for another two years, right? Because the worst case – they're both signed. The worst case scenario is they're, what, in the middle of their prime? as opposed to just reaching their prime. Yeah, it feels like um, they should use like someone like Shane Wright. Very interesting. Oh, makes you think. Yeah, it does. They have a lot of good defense prospects. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because I trust their goalie situation so little. We know who their head coach is, which doesn't help He will be here. fired well, overall, before or after Christmas. Before. Well, I, before. I've, never seen, I've never seen a team hire their next head coach without firing their current head coach more in my life than Andrew Burnett joining – Jersey staff all while Lindy Ruff is still here. Um, but like their defensive group is solid, but it doesn't, it doesn't jump off the page spectacular to me. And their forward group outside of Heischer, Hughes and Brat, quite frankly, who am I supposed to be afraid of? Right. So like it, it's decent, it's fun, but man, if they can't get like, I'm much more afraid of them over the next three years if Brat stays there long term. If he leaves, I'm doing cartwheels. Me cartwheels. too. Yeah. If he if he's like ah, get me out of here. Good. <laughs> Great. I do not want to see that guy. Uh, want to do some five stars before we get to Ethan here? Let's do some five stars before we get to Ethan. Only got a couple. Um, this one was pretty interesting. This is from our friend Brett. He says, "Prior to Zabinajad, can you name the last Ranger center to score thirty goals?" Center. Yes, he gave me the answer. So, I I couldn't name that center. Was it? It was it Nylander? It was not. Was it before Nylander? It what was, year was it? It was two thousand one, two thousand two. Ugh! Oh I, God! Yeah, I know that was my response as well. Like, well, well, it wasn't second term Messier, it was, was it? Lindros. Oh my goodness! Oh, what the? Fuck? Oh my God! That's so long ago. I, I know. Lindros. Um, I love him so much. This is uh, this is from Holmes. Did this hey, Holmes has a lot of this is a good one. Did Drury sign Trocheck so his nephew would sa- have a roster spot in Carolina? This is no. good investigation work. But but no. absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no. No uh, chance. Not a not a chance in hell. That little leaguer, let me tell you. 
Uh, we... 37 goals in 2001-2002. Oh, did we talk about David Quinn going to San Jose? Uh, we did not. Wow. Or, first of all, hey. Do we want to save do it? Hey, San Jose fans. Save that? Okay, we'll save it for Ethan. <laughs> well, or do we, we can save it for either. We can save it for next week. I mean, it's not like news is going to change in the next All right, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do a David Quinn retrospective for next week. We'll do Let's some, do it. Some best moments and stuff like that. What the hell happened? Oh. <laughs> best moments. Jesus. So that happened. Yeah, so it did. Uh, this is from David in New York. We roasted DQ constantly for doing lineup routines, then dragged uh, dragged a lot for failing to make changes. Can we have some honest discussion about how coaches deal with chemistry, what chemistry we hope to see next season, and why do DQ and GG both were both wrong and, and were clearly right all along? Interesting. Well, the chemistry conversation is interesting because – I really don't think any of us have a problem with Zibanejad and Kreider and Panarin and Strom, right? I think maybe some of us got a little tired with Strom and simply just not giving Heedle more of a chance. But, like, at a certain point, you can't argue with what's working. And then you look at your defensive pairs. I don't think any of us – sure, I think at times we would like to see Keandre and Fox, but I don't think anyone seriously has a problem with Lindgren, Fox, Miller, Truba. Right. So those four couplings, I think we're all okay with. And then again, you think about the playoffs, and I think we were all fine with the kids all playing together. Not only so, were we all fine, we were cheering. We were standing up right. on our chairs. <laughs> so so it's it's the player chemistry part of it. I think we all agree that it's important, but I think we also all agree that the only way for you to build chemistry with other people is by playing with. And then it's, it's instead of trying – our frustration specifically with Galan are that he's trying to force this team to play a certain style as – and this is a complaint we've had with every coach. He's trying to play a certain style as opposed to trying to create a style that fits the roster. And I think largely that is our frustration with – Hockey more than any other sport, right? Because in football, you try to keep the same principles, but you do adjust how you run an offense and a defense depending on your personnel. In baseball, the way you build a lineup, you are thinking about how one player plays after the other and after the other, and you want to build continuity through the lineup. And in basketball, you're looking at what, like you might have an idea what five-man rotations actually work, but at the end of the season, most coaches are playing what works, and sometimes it's not what they necessarily anticipated. That's how Andrew Wiggins all of a sudden has a big playoffs, right? So it's it's not that it's not that it's not just that Capo Caco or Alexei Lafreniere isn't getting run in the top six. It's that Gallant has this vision in his head where the type of player he needs in that spot is Dryden Hunt. And that's what frustrates us and gets us complaining about the lineup. I like to me, that's what it comes down to. Right. And I think you would agree. It's less, yeah, it's, the, it's the not so nose, much. I want that guy. Like that's the guy I know I can, I think I can trust. And right. as fans, you've seen Capococco or even Lafreniere play at a higher level and know that they're the future, but those coaches and David Quinn probably had the right to do this, knew that they weren't playing for the future. He, he thought he was playing for now. And that's the problem. Because if he didn't win now, he was gone in the future. And he knew that. And maybe the best for the development of the team is to play Capococco or Lafreniere in those top spots. But that's not what it was. Quinn was hired as a development coach, but that never happened. He only tried to win games, and he did win a lot of games. Well, Thanks to I would, Mika Zibinijan I would, and Ted Benarin. But I would also disagree. I think Quinn was developing kids but he was doing it in a very arcane way and, our, just and adam fox was magic yeah yeah like it wasn't that he wasn't giving young player it wasn't that he wasn't giving young players minutes is that he felt young players had to earn them and he had the crutch he had to fall back on at that time is that the new york rangers had veterans he could play above those kids whether we agreed with it or not my problem and that is i think like on one hand, you get it. You at least get the mindset. Of course, everybody should have to earn the minutes that they play. On the other hand, it's what we didn't agree with was the length of the leash 
where Quinn had these guys handled by the collar and we wanted to give them one of those like 12 foot dog leashes to go run wild for a little bit. And if we got to rein you in, we got to rein you in. Um, my problem with Gallant is he looks at a team that he needs to play a certain way, as opposed to him coming up with a plan that his team needs in order to play successfully. It's that he is locked into these opinions of what players need to play where, what he needs from each line. Like, perfect example. It, we never wanted the kid line broken up in the playoffs, right? We loved what they were Period. doing. We just wanted them to get more time because other lines weren't playing as well as them. But Gallant's mind doesn't work that way. And one comes, at, one comes before two, comes before three, comes before four. And that was his third or fourth line. The other lines needed to get their minutes because, well, simply they're higher in the lineup. That's the kind of mindset that drives you and I crazy. And I think that we're not talking about chemistry at that point. We're simply talking about using what's working to the best of your abilities. And I think that's what drives us nuts. When you have the talent that can be something special right there in front of you, and it's even with Gerard Gallant, he Gallant, whatever. He wants to win these fucking games, man. You could see it. He and it, he had the impact on the team, and and Vince came on the show and even told us like it's you know he he keeps the locker room calm, and everybody just it's a simple style, but that doesn't allow him to develop certain players like Lafreniere and Kako in certain ways. It's just very frustrating to watch as fans when you have great expectations of the future of your franchise that the coaches make questionable decisions. I mean, and they are questionable, some of them. Like, you know, benching one of them in game, the final game. Sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, it makes a thing. We are going to actually save one of these uh, from Sorry My Dude, uh, I, again, for a BSBOT. Um, it's the Choose a Future one. Because I, I do want to get into this. It's the one where you talk about, like, uh, choose one of these realities where it's like Zook doesn't get hurt or Tarasenko over McElrath. I, I, I want to do, like, 15 minutes on that. I don't want to rush it before Ethan gets here. All right. Um, well, all right. Then. So without further ado, I uh, want to get to Ethan now. Sure. Sure. Transition. And we're back with returning guest, Ethan Levy. He is an insider and a shit poster and an Islanders fan. Ethan, how are you? I'm great. I love the intro. Yeah. Uh, so, Kadri, where's he going? Oh, God. I you don't know. know. I've been hearing. I, I mean... I've been wondering. Uh, I wonder if it's possible the Islanders have signed him. Oh, okay. Who would you? Who are you wondering from? Is that wondering from uh, David Pagnotta? No, I just uh, I, Jimmy, I, Nich I, Jimmy I Nichols, wonder, you know, Elliot uh, Fraudman, <laughs> Bobby Margarita. Hey, Bobby's actually an insider. He's broken multiple stories. He is. He is, and I'd love to uh, at some point during my my appearance on the podcast to discuss about my impending lawsuit against him for uh, stealing the Bobby Margarita title and making money off it, but. Uh, we, we can table that one for later. No, we don't need uh, to. We have nothing to talk about. Okay. August well, 1st. No, hold on. Hold on. I do want to, I want to get into something with Ethan. Um, and this, it, it does play into our opinions that NHL insiders don't actually have a job. They don't do it. But I was listening to one of your favorite podcasts, 32 thoughts. Uh -huh. And yep. Friedman was talking about how there's a theory around the league that the Islanders have done business and we just won't find out about it until training camp opens. And my honest-to-God question off the rip is why would any league think withholding news is a good marketing strategy? Well, I would, you know what? I would argue that the NHL of the last 15, 20 years w would agree with that. But um, I think we've seen since ESPN came into the fold that the NHL has more than embraced the drama that's come with trade deadlines and free agency. Uh, I would also just disagree, like – Think about this. The number two free agent is currently unsigned to our knowledge, and we don't know. Like, I, I, this is the thing that I don't love about Lou and the media is that when people speculate, like, oh, he's a lockbox, there are 31 other general managers, and there are hundreds of agents that, that are involved in these NHL proceedings. You're telling me that not a soul has heard about Nazim Kadri? Like, I just don't buy that. Like, no one has a clue. Or are you just too lazy to do your actual job and start messaging people outside of people that are involved with the Islanders? Like it just logistically, it doesn't make sense. It it doesn't make sense from a logistical standpoint. And I just I just like the the whole purpose of being a professional team is to always keep your team like 
of interest to the fan base. And I don't understand the mentality of, well, I conduct my business in a clandestine way. You'll know about it when it's done and only when it's done. How is that? I'm not, we're not asking you to make up random rumors about your team, but if your team's interested in a certain player and you're negotiating with that player, it's not, you're not hurting your position by just letting it be known that you, a team that's trying to be good, would like to sign a good hockey player. That's just wild. No, and think about it, right? Like, Lou is not the end-all, be-all when it, when it comes to the Islanders. Like, Lou has to answer to ownership eventually. And we're talking about a team that just came off a dismal season. They were ravaged by COVID. The arena was late to open. Like, you really think that after this past season and basically no news about the Islanders in the offseason that people are lining up to buy tickets and buy packages for season tickets? No, dude. No. Like, they, like this is just right bad now. marketing. Like, we should have this It's, it's probably the worst on. job in sports probably the worst job in sports right now is being a sales rep. Like if I, if I was a prospective season ticket purchaser and someone called me and they were like, are you interested? Oh no. Like, tell me what they're going to do. Is this team going to be good? Who are they going to get? Like what moves are they going to make? And uh, there's been absolutely nothing. This, uh, this just reminds me that for some, for whatever reason, I know exactly why it is because MSG watches our Twitter feeds. And uh, <laughs> I did, I posted a couple tweets saying I will buy Nick season tickets if they trade for Donovan Mitchell. So I immediately got a Nick season sales rep to email me again. I did nothing. She found my email address and emailed Incredible. me saying, are you interested? <laughs> and I literally responded. I was like, are you telling me you traded for Donovan Mitchell? And she's like, well, I can't say that. And I was like, then let me know when you do. And we'll have yeah. a conversation. This is slightly tangential. You know, it's funny. I got a random DM on Twitter the other day from a devil's season ticket rep strictly because of my interactions with the Brat Pack. That was like, oh, I see you tweeting about the Devils a lot. Do you want to buy tickets? I'm like, bro, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, not at all. Why, why would I want to do that? Uh, does it look like I'm, an, I'm a New Jersey fan? If I'm putting off that vibe, no. I'd like to change it uh, very yes, quickly. Yes, desperately. Uh, you, speaking of insiderdom, you broke a story today that Mr. Wallstrom has removed New York Boston from his Instagram and put a popcorn instead. Your take. My take, uh, just just shit posting. I, I love, you know, again, the, the, the Islanders will not provide me news. I will create it myself. And uh, I got just a DM from some random person who I don't even follow. They follow me. They were like, hey, by the way, I noticed this. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Let me just throw it out there and, and see if, if people will lose their minds. And within 15 minutes, it wound up on one of those, like, Islanders Facebook groups where everyone has the grammatical knowledge of a second grader and everyone's like losing their minds and apparently it's, it's like a nothing burger but it, it was fun for you know an hour and a half that's the only news you've had all off season it, it, it is like a total yeah. shame because i'm still scared of the islanders to be honest with you ethan like i think you guys had a terrible terrible year mostly because of covid you had a great second half not great but island of islander note you guys will still be a, uh, competitors sorkin scares the shit out of me obviously and i, I do think yeah. you'll be around this year and to not even advertise the team because you're get, what competitive advantage are you gaining at any point by hiding if you're signing Kadri or not? I really don't know. Well, let me let, let me let me go one step further and and be mean about it for a second, if if I can. Uh, <laughs> of course. Have the have the Islanders made one good decision since the season ended? Since the season ended, right? No. So you traded. I mean, you, what you, you fired Trotz, which is moronic. Correct. Uh, you traded the 13th overall pick for. A fine defenseman, I think, is the nicest thing I can say about him. A guy well, you listen, playing you third to, pairing minutes. You got to look at the Romanov trade in context, right? Like the fact that it's going to be him instead of Chara. I, I don't know how much Islanders hockey you guys watched this past year, and I, given how good the Rangers were, my my assumption is probably very little. Every time Chara was on the ice, they got pinned in their own zone. Like every single time. So just the fact that he's off the team and they have someone that can skate competently is in my eyes, a massive upgrade. But did you need to trade the 13th overall pick to do that upgrade? It sounds like literally anyone would have been an upgrade save for maybe. Yeah, but listen, okay, fine. Listen, I'm going to turn into a Lou defender for a second and I probably won't. And I probably won't be for the rest of this podcast, but listen, (laughs) if you look at the fact that he due to, quote unquote, cap crunch, had to give away two second round, or, or sorry, give away Devon Taves for two second round picks. And now he's trading a 13th overall pick, a player who probably wouldn't be NHL ready for three years for a 22 year old with control and high upside. Like that's a win. I'm sorry. Just 
in a bubble, that's a win. So I actually like the move. I hated it at first because obviously they were in on JT Miller until they weren't. And well, uh, that's just the bullshit, letdown. From, I mean, uh, I think. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll the, the letdown from that was, oh, it was Lou. It, it, uh, the Canucks GM probably did some stupid shit to piss him off. The trade got leaked and Lou was like, fuck you. I'm not dealing with this right now. How could he not deal with this right now? <laughs> like, he's an he's an eighty year old senile man. I I did like that picture of him at a restaurant in Suffolk County. That was like the most oh news God. the most news I've seen it, all all off season. His wife looked miserable. They didn't look so happy. To be honest with you, no. Uh, so are you? So you like the move, even though it, I, I do. You think he has like a legitimate, like very high upside? I know he's twenty two. I get it. And this is a weak draft too, so I'm not. I'm not flaming Lou for making that move. In a, in yeah, a big way. I mean, listen, he 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 can he can skate. And Lou said he wanted a, a defensive defenseman who could play with Dobson, who defensively is a little bit weak. But through the second half of the season, he showed a lot of offensive upside. I mean, honestly, to the point where it's not going to shock me if in a year or two we're talking about him as a point-per-game defenseman or almost a point-per-game defenseman. And the guy's going to be an Islander's favorite. Like, he's a big dude. He can skate. He throws his body around with zero regard for his own safety. Like, he's the type of guy that Islander's fans are going to love, I think. Now, okay, so if if we agree to disagree to a certain extent on Romanov and say that his presence over Chara is an upgrade flat out, and we also agree that— Well, you disagree with that? You said we're. I, I mean, he is an upgrade. No, I agree. He's an upgrade over Chara. I just, I don't know if you needed to pay the premium you did to get him. Is kind of where I come from. I don't know and why that's... you couldn't. Like how how you how could you not have just get, gotten him for the taste price? Is essentially my thinking. Like you needed a first round pick to do it. You couldn't just do two seconds. I don't know. Maybe it's listen, either... I don't know what. Yeah, whatever. Right. Like we're not. It's in the neither room. We're neither he, neither here nor there. We're 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 yeah. splitting eggs over an issue. We don't need an issue. And, and we can both frankly, agree. I think they had they had an incredible rest of the drafts, like value wise. I think the last two years they've done an incredible job of getting guys where everyone's scratching their heads, being like, "How was he available?" So, like to me, I like the, the Islanders' prospect pipeline is awful. Like ranked, I think pretty consistently, like twenty eight to to thirty two, depending on which prospects you know analysts you read or look at. But I think he's done a pretty good job the past two years of at least trying to restock it with value based on where they picked. Well, that, that kind of leads into the next point um, I, was, I was leading towards, which is we can both agree that the odds of the Islanders, if all these players return being as bad as they were last year, is simply low. It, it's just it was too many players having too off a season from what we expect of them to expect it to happen again. We can just chalk it up to 13 road games to start the season, COVID bullshit, all that. I'm, I'm willing to give you the out on it just being a year from hell crumpling it up, throwing it away. At the same time, do we think uh, we've seen uh, not just the Rangers, the Hurricanes have made moves. The Penguins have tried to do some things. We know the Flyers have gotten worse, and that's neither here nor there. But as currently constructed, do you consider the Islanders one of the four best teams in this division? Four best? Yes. Um, Like, again, we're going to have to see, like, what – I assume a lot of the style and the strategy – from trots is going to be retained. I mean, Lambert's been with the guy forever. So I don't really anticipate much changing in that regard. And again, you said it like they, they were forced to ice an AHL lineup because they got hit by COVID before ever, any other team in the league. They had Chara and Andy green and Sebastian Ajo playing regular minutes. Uh, they had injuries to a bunch of different guys. It's, you know, they're, they're going to bounce back, but like at the same time, like if you consider where they were the year before and the year before that, like they're they were like they were on the cusp, right? Like they lost twice to the defending Stanley Cup champions. There's no excuse not to make an upgrade. And that's where I get frustrated, especially when Pacioretty gets traded for free. Kevin Fiala for could free. have easily been matched with, with the Islanders assets. Like it drives me absolutely bananas. Explain to me like um like I don't know anything, which is not far off, why Trotz got fired. I have no clue. Good. Good. Like, I still yeah. don't get I, I, it. I mean, because we champion Trotz on this podcast, like in a big way, where we we think he's the best or a top three coach in the NHL every single year. He, I mean, maybe it was a personal team. decision. I mean, like the only logical thing is it was a personal decision. Like, I can be totally sympathetic to him wanting to take a year off after some of the moves that Lou made roster wise or what he didn't do. Like, as sad as it is, if you look at the top performers on the Islanders, like a majority of them are are Garth Snow guys. And Lou's best move since coming in 
was hiring Trotz, who was the one who was able to get the most out of Snow's guys and really develop them. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Still, you know, I've, I don't want to say I've gotten over it, but like, again, like assuming that Lambert's the guy and Trotz has always spoken highly of him, like even years ago before all this nonsense went down, like he's always been like, you know, he's going to be like a, a head coach in the league at some point. So if, listen, the fact that it's, it's Lambert makes me happy. Um, but it, again, like the Trotz stuff doesn't make a lot of sense. Boy. At what point are we once again entering a Matt Barzal conversation? <laughs> uh, well, well, we, we did this past off season uh, for about three days. Uh, I'm glad that that's over. Uh, but I, I hope never. You know, I, assuming the team bounces back and he gets reminded of how the fan base treated uh, he who shall not be named, I, I don't think that he's going anywhere. I mean, that's been, he else should not be named has been pretty good for you, to be honest. It's been, it's been not so bad. Hasn't like. What, his, board. his disappearance? Yeah, he hasn't really been around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, very, very nice. Uh, yeah, I think you're two years away from a real crisis with that player. And I do believe, will you have the cap space to sign him long term? I actually don't know your cap situation as well as I should. I mean, it's, it's not good this year. Um, like a lot of the guys have two to three years left. I mean, you, you, you got to keep money. paying Brock Nelson. You can't just let Brock Nelson leave. Well, he's another guy who's on the books for, for two to three years. By the way, I need to know your opinion of Brock Nelson because as someone who had been perpetually frustrated by him, now I am perpetually frustrated by the fact that he is criminally underrated by other fan bases in the NHL. I'm never, I like, think scared Nelson, Nelson, unfortunately... I think... Yeah, I think Nelson, unfortunately... I think you know you know exactly what zone you're in, but to like maybe only 75% of it, I think you're in a Chris Kreider spot where I understand why you kept him. I understand why you like him. But in the grand scheme of things, maybe you didn't need him. And it's like, is he preventing you from doing other business you'd rather do? And I Who, think Brock? that's the question. Yeah. No. Well, no. I mean, no, not no, Brock no. specifically. Listen, I can. you want to go down the list of other players? Josh Bailey, what's all that about? Jean-Gabriel Pajot, I hate him, but why is he under contract for four more years? Why'd you give a four-year deal to Kyle Palmieri, of all fucking people? Why is Casey Zizekas on a five-year deal? Like, I understand listen, Brock Nelson. You, points for Brock me. Nelson's – I know, but Brock Nelson is, is far down the pecking order in terms of he's not the problem, you have other problems. I get that, but it's also just like – I feel like – Brock Nelson somehow meets that entry point where if you have him, you love him. And if you don't have him, you're not really hungry for him. And I, I, I like, well, and, there and are very few players I, like that. But, but I would only disagree with that. Like, you're not hungry for him because he's not a flashy guy. Like, he just does everything really well. And, like, I personally, I don't think there are many two Cs in the NHL that I would take over him at this point in time, especially given the contract. Like, if you look at well, some of the now, contracts that are being given out, like, I think his his right now is tremendous value. If you're talking about some of the other contracts that, you know, Bailey, the entire fourth line, I mean, even Pajot's contract isn't that bad. But again, it's like, that's what frustrates you is you're giving out all this money to guys who probably you could have gotten their replacements for vet minimum deals, especially the fourth liners for exactly this type of off season where all these guys who are either on the trading block or become free agents that you don't expect to, like you need that space so that if that does happen, and I do anticipate that that's going to happen more frequently in the years to come, because these young players seem to finally understand that they have the control and they're not being controlled by 80 year old GMs who are on the last year of their contract. You need that cap space to be able to go out there and get a big fish when they become available. And that's going to well, become more frequent in the years to come. It's, it's not just that. It's just like, I get why you traded all that you traded to get Pajot when you did, right? You were making a run. You were making a push. You felt like he was one of those around-the-margin pieces that significantly upgraded your lineup further down the line that makes a team deeper. I get that. My problem is why do you then give a guy you know is not going to play more than third-line minutes for you $5 million a year for multiple years? Like, you just – you have to have the foresight to be like – I needed to pay the premium to get this guy for this year, but I don't have to keep him. I can walk away from this. Maybe, but again, like his age, I don't know. Caps, that contract is not going to look nearly as bad. Like if you're going to pick on anyone for their cap hit right now, it's got to be Josh Bailey and the entire fourth line. Like that is. Why can't? Well, hold on. Why can't I pick on Kyle Palmieri? I like picking on Kyle Palmieri. You can. 
Uh, but uh, but I think uh, yeah, fine. That, that's a fair one. Yeah, fine. <laughs> but Bailey, I think is is far more. You know, please just get this off the books now. Oh man. All right. I don't actually even know what to talk about the Islanders anymore because like there's no other fucking news. It's like <laughs> there's nothing else out there. So is well, Daniel like, Jones? No, I mean I can't. Well, how, how about how about this then? How about <laughs> no? This, and if, we're, if we're talk talking, that, but look, if, if we're talking, we're talking price points, right? And we're talking what can and can't work for the Islanders. Then let's have the Kadri conversation. What does his contract have to come in where you're not eating away at Barzal money next year? Well, that's all going to depend on what the corresponding move is. They can't bring him in this year, period, unless there is some salary going out. And I have no idea what that's going to be. You know, thank God for the the money laundering organization that is the Arizona Coyotes. You know, could you give him and a prospect and a pick to get rid of Bailey and bring in Kadri? Maybe. Uh, but, but again, like, I, I don't know, like <laughs> during, during the, the Seattle draft, they exposed both Bailey and Everly. No one wanted Bailey. Like, I can't imagine there's, there are teams lining up being like, yeah, fine. I'll take on that, that term in the, and the cap it. So I really don't know. I mean, there, there is a world in which Kadri goes back to Colorado on like what a one-year deal and the Islanders do literally nothing. Yeah, I, I am just noticing now that cap friendly is once again doing chicanery where you have four defensemen under contract. So your $11 million under the cap doesn't really count because Dobson and Romanov are not signed. Right. But Romanov is going to be like $2 million, So probably it's really, it's, but even, it's really going to be like what the Dobson number is, which. But even I if Dobson, no that's $4 million right there, you think Kadri takes less than $8 million? I don't uh, think so, right? It depends on the term. Like, I personally, if Kadri's coming here, I'm like, I know this is not going to happen, but like, I am just the one percent chance. I'm praying that it's like a three-year deal with like a really high no AAV. No, chance. no, I mean, I know, I know. A guy his age coming off the season he had, he's going to want term. Um, Kadri's so, a perfect dialer too. I, he's a, he's a pain in the ass. He can actually piece, he's a piece, he's a piece of shit that scores. That, sure. That's a good yeah. Islander. That's we love those. Um, he would have been great yeah, under like, trots. Yeah, well, hopefully he's great under Lambert because it, it is appearing to be inevitable. But look, I do want to have one one last Lou Lamarillo conversation because – and I'm, I shit on him all the time. The Islanders fan base shits on him all the time. Whole NHL shits on him all the time because the, the shtick's old. He's got the whole Yankee thing where you can't have a beard or long hair or whatever. Um, I'm curious what you guys think because I do think that a guy who's still GM as incompetent as he can seem sometimes – like, I do think that that desire to win is there, especially because he's only got one year left on his contract. I think he knows that, like, this is it for him. Like, especially given how last year went, I don't think, I pray the Islanders are not going to bring him back. His son is uh, assistant GM, and I think GM for the Bridgeport Islanders too. So, like, there is that, you know, plan, I guess, to replace him. I really hope that it isn't. No, but it can't be his son, dude. It's not a, it's not a Belichick it, situation. <laughs> but listen... If, if we're talking about a guy who hasn't won a Stanley Cup since the salary cap was implemented, and it's not like he just lays there dormant, right? Like, he was in on Panarin until, you know, Panarin did what Panarin did. Uh, as of today, I forget which reporter it is, uh, said that the Islanders were in on Kachuk. Obviously, they couldn't match the price. Like, he wants to go for it. Like, they were so close that, like, would it shock me if the Islanders did absolutely nothing no. Would it shock me if they brought in Kadri and made some corresponding salary cap moves? No. And I will say this. Could you see a world in which Lou gets enough salary out the door that not only is he able to bring Kadri in, but he's able to bring JT Miller in because the whole world knows that he was in on JT Miller at the draft until some tomfoolery happened. Do you, right? do you like, guys have the enough assets has... to get JT Miller? Apparently like the ask is like a pretty big haul, even if it's like only a one-year rental. But even, I guess, but at the same time, like, yeah, like the Canucks could hold him, but I think that there are so many guys that are going to be like stud deadline rentals, Patrick Kane being the obvious one, that with the accrued salary can be had by teams who strictly don't have a lot of salary cap space. That's probably the Ranger game plan, what you're naming right now. Yeah. The cap space goes up to $7 million for the Rangers when they have, like, nothing now by the trade deadline. Right, exactly. So, like, even if it is just Kadri, like, fine. Then that's why I'm sort of hoping for a shorter-term higher AAV because they still will be able to fit someone in at the deadline. But, like, lose a guy that's gone for it. 
and he's not afraid to shell out big contracts that we as we've seen um and like we're talking about Kadri being the perfect islander so is jt miller like he plays that brand of islanders hockey that everyone loves so like again none of these things would shock me i just feel like we're all talking about only Kadri and not them like really really going for it so no, i think they really that's go like, for that, it this is probably like that's my optimistic chances you have at, at a, at a, like, i don't want to see your windows closing but you always see these teams the rangers did it in like 2012 to 2016, they had those four-year runs. Like this is the last year of your four-year run as the as as the Islanders. I mean, like while yeah. obviously you have like a lot of the young talent in Wallstrom, right, and and Dobson, but the rest of the team around. I mean, the it, whole defense, the whole defense though. Like Pelican Pullock are only 27. Dobson's 22. Romanov's 22. Sorokin is what 26, 27. Right. Like right. those guys are still pretty young. You'll so, be around, but like, it feels even, like the championship caliber where you have to like mesh. Like then you have to wait for the next youth infusion. For the next uh, run. Agree. Agree. Exactly. So, like, is it going to be awful? Like, are they going to have to blow it up and totally rebuild? No. no. But, again, like like we said before, like, their prospect pool is still very much unknown that, like, we don't know if any of these guys are even capable of being, like, successful NHL players. So, like, yeah, you're right. Like, the, the window is now. Could they prolong that window just because they do have a good amount of youth? Sure. But it's it's an unknown. Like, we do know that right now, like, they have the pieces to contend. Who, uh, who has the better year next year, Vitaly Kravtsov or Oliver Wallstrom? Oh, God. You know, you want to hear the, the most ridiculous stat? That Oliver Wallstrom averaged only 12 minutes of ice time last year and was second on the team in penalty minutes. Wow. <laughs> the, the guy's a well, that's why he was only getting out. That's why he was only getting out there for 12 minutes. Yeah. It was supposed to be yeah, 15. People, yeah, well, besides that, I mean, people are like, oh, why is Trotz being mean to him? Bro, like, Trotz is, like, trusting Dobson with a lot, you know? Like, he's not, like, anti-youth. It's just, you got to earn it. And the guy was taking stupid penalties every game. Wow. Like, Chara. I, just, I, I don't know. Chara had the highest penalty minutes on the team last year and was averaging six more minutes of ice time than Wallstrom. I really And, I really and only don't had, like, nine more penalty picks. minutes than Wallstrom. It's crazy. I really don't know if two more picks have aged worse in warm milk settings than the the immediate feeling of Kravs Kravsov and Wallstrom, and yeah, then but at least at least Wallstrom like one year build up where uh... he... you were saying no at least Wallstrom wasn't put on an airplane to Europe he's back baby well he did he... now hold on don't forget he did go to Europe for a little bit in 2020 2021 buddy so hold on your guy did get on a plane to Europe as well Chiefy. Okay, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't with the same malice that your guys was. Fair. Was it though? I don't think anyone just goes. I, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We had a meltdown. Seems like a little disagreement. I grew up. I grew up near Bridgeport. I wouldn't want to be there either. I understand. At the same time, <laughs> would I go all the Me way either. to Sweden? I don't know. There are a lot of other places that are nice. Sweden's pretty yeah, nice. Just throw it out there. <laughs> it's like not not a bad place to be. Yeah, I would assume the women in Sweden are better looking than Bridgeport. Let's do uh, five minutes on the Giants. Okay. Woof. Over under five and a half this year. Oh, um, God, I don't know. If you had asked me like two days ago, I probably would have said over. Um, and then I just got a DM from someone who was at camp. And the message was about Danny. It was so bad. He threw after practice on the side of the field and was bouncing balls all over the place. It was unbelievable. First play of live snaps, Kadarius Tony broke wide open on a 15-yard in route. Stuff you dream of, touchdown if you hit him in stride, and Jones bounced it five yards short. <laughs> but is, is, this, is this, Ethan, one of those oh. weird situations? This is one of those weird situations where, like, your confidence in the Giants long-term doing the right thing probably hasn't been higher but you just need to like rip the band-aid off that is this season in order to get to the point where you're feeling good truly good about the on-field product again right like oh yeah this, this offseason for the most part process. has been pretty perfect oh agree 100 percent. this is a three-year process like they had two incredibly high picks i think they knocked it out of the park shane is is demoting the mara shills internally left and right bringing in his own guys like i don't know how you can't be confident confident in Dable, Kafka, and Martindale. Like, that's just a stud coaching staff. But again, like, you're going to ride out this year. They didn't pick up Danny's fifth-year option. You're going to just see what you got, take a year or two to fix the salary cap that 
again, another he who shall not be named created. Um, I mean, talk about an old guy who's incompetent. I mean, he blows Lou out of the water. Um, and then hopefully you have the assets to either trade up or the, the quarterback class, which is projecting to be pretty strong. You know, you're in position to draft one of these guys. Or you'll get, and a, then vet, you'll that, get a vet QB, Ethan, like somebody that like a Russell Wilson type that will become available. Maybe, yeah. Become a giant. Sure. Always possibility. Um, Actually, although... this, this reminds me of one thing, Ethan, not to cut you off, but I, I do. It's very important. You, <laughs> biggest, biggest giant fan I probably know outside of some people in my personal life. But big Islander fan, are you all right with Dable being the Ranger soothsayer? Is that okay with you? Man was undefeated in the playoffs, Ethan. Showed up to the Listen, garden every night. We all make compromises in life. <laughs> if, if Dable wants to be the Rangers' good luck charm, he can do that as long as he's also the Giants' good luck charm. Listen, we all – listen, my wife, huge Yankees fan, all right? It's, it's already been predetermined that our daughter is going to be a, uh, a Yankees fan instead of a Mets fan. But you know what? She, she became an Islanders super fan. So for, for all that, listen, just compromise. And I'm willing to compromise with Brian Dable. If he is like, uh, the be- like the next Belichick. God bless you. I hope it, I hope it works out because I don't think uh, this Giants organization is a goddamn mess. And is Barkley going to so, be? Is, so gonna, is he going to be playing for the Giants next year? What's going on? Who Barkley? Yeah. Uh, I hope not. He's done. Uh, another guy who who I have been receiving not so great reports on from uh, from training camp, like bobbling balls. Um, and again, like that whole, whole, you know, stay on that side of the fence quote. I don't know if you guys saw that where it's like, you know, you know, the doubters and the haters, just remember what side of the fence you're on. Okay, Saquon, I'm going to stay on this side of the fence. Quick question. And uh, Saquon, it, Ryan it, from it's Push always good to here. know. Uh, did you take your salary in Bitcoin? I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Listen, if you, what, what, a, what a loser. Um, but it's, it, listen, like. I hate that mentality. Like you, you should be motivated to change fans' minds, not prove them wrong and then tell them to fuck off. Like that is just unbelievable. Hate it. Uh, anything else, Greg, for our dear friend, Ethan? What are the Mets doing at the deadline, Ethan? What are we doing? God, I have no idea. I mean, you guys are, are, are way more in the know about the Mets than I am. Unfortunately, um, I am, yes. <laughs> ho- hopefully some bullpen arms, right? Bullpen arms they- and a big bat. I, well, I, I will honestly settle for two bullpen arms, and I will live with the Mets taking care of the bat internally. But they need they need two arms. I, none of this none of this Trevor May is our deadline acquisition bullshit <laughs> that the Wilpons would be spoon feeding me right now. They need what, what about uh, what about future New York Met Aaron Judge? Oh, I mean he's a, he's. A, I love this entire. I want the Juan Soto thing to linger into the offseason because I want the Yankees to be on the hook long enough where they finally feel confident that they're going to get them just for the Dodgers to dump truck all their prospects in their face and the Mets to have already signed judge. Like that's my, that would be incredible. I mean, seriously though, like, like there, there is nobody right now who's more of a New York Met than Aaron judge. Uh, The Yankees have to pay him guys. Like, (laughs) no, they they didn't want to. And how much much more money is he going to command after a season? like? Oh, he's like, what is he about to break the home run record right now? It was like Babe Ruth. And, ju- yeah, and Judge are the only two people to do it before. Well, no, but like if if Judge breaks Maris's Yankee record, his pri- like it's four hundred million dollars, right? Like Minimal. it's it, it's it, we're, I'm not it's eight years, four hundred million. It has to be. And this is listen, like the the Steinbrenner would never have balked at the offseason negotiations. Steve Cohen's art collection is worth more than the entire Yankees organization. <laughs> this is a guy who is going to get Aaron Judge. He is. So I hope I just, the Yankees fans that are listening are mentally preparing themselves. Well, I just uh, the best part of this is every Yankee fan hearing this is going to be like, "Well, Degrom's still going to opt out after the year, okay?" And he, you know why Degrom's opting out after the season? Because he knows Steve Cohen loves him and is about to give him five hundred million dollars. That's why yeah, he's opting like, out after the season. Uh, I could not be less worried. I actually don't I even think never... Degrom's going to get that much because of how little he's played the last two years. Sure, but he's going to get more than the thirty-two million he's making currently. Yes, sir. Like, he's going to get a nice forty-five million dollar a year check for sure. Exactly, he'll get five five years, forty-five million annually. The Mets won't think twice about. It. They're paying Scherzer forty-three. You think they give a shit? Like if they, if they make Degrom forty-five, they don't care. 
They'll yeah. sell a couple more. They'll sell a couple more episodes of Diners, Drive-ins, and Dines. I, I literally think like <laughs> like like Barcelona. The Yankees pull the levers or some shit to fucking get Aaron Judge to sign. Like they're gonna they're gonna sell part of the Yes Network to get this done. They have to. They have no choice. I, I don't want to defend the Yankees here, but they cannot let him walk after this year. He's gonna win MVP. It's gonna be a nightmare. Oh, it's gonna be awesome! I can't wait. I'm not a Yankee it, guy, it's, but it's gonna be it's gonna be great that the second best player in the American League will win MVP. I think that's absolutely correct. You, know, you have Otani in one, I'm assuming. How could you not? He's I understand that. I Honestly, <laughs> I think you got to give him the MVP because it's incredible that the Angels suck anyway. Like, you, you, we, have to, we have to create an award for this player is so amazing, but the team is so incompetent that even he couldn't save him. I don't know what to call it. Is, to me, Trump, is his career over? I, I, What's going on? I have no idea. I can't believe, I can't believe Otani was even available. You you know why he was available? Because the Angels are a fucking train wreck. That's why he was available. They're so yeah, but where, the where Angels going to go? We're, we're talking about a guy who didn't even want to entertain talks with Boston or any of the New York teams because he didn't want the spotlight. Yeah, but no, but the, now that he's here and he's comfortable and he realizes he's in a shitty situation, you know what he's cool with? The spotlight. He'd welcome it. Oh my god, it's gonna be fine. Uh, the the go Dodgers to are gonna trade for Soto and then they're gonna get fucking Otani, and I'm gonna be <laughs> sick. <laughs> No, but now, hold on. The Dodgers just bought Chelsea. They got to worry about the Premier League now, too. They, they got Did they actually buy Chelsea? Are, are they, yeah. They're only partial owners, though, I thought. It's the, one of them. It's they all money. pay the checks. Yeah. Fair. Fair. Tom Bowley. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm just saying. The Dodgers, Dodgers aren't just a one-man band anymore. They got to worry about Chelsea. They, Chelsea's taking a big, fat L on Romelu Lukaku, and oh, that yeah. might scare the Dodgers. Euro. That was a rough one. That was a bad one. <laughs> and they just lost Werner, too. They got they sold him for like, or they loaned him out. Oof. Well, that's because he stinks. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, Ryan. There's a there's a tit and a tat to all of this. You understand? Yeah. So they got it. They're gonna have to spend some of that Dodger money over in Chelsea. They're gonna have to get some a couple more Americans over there, and the Dodgers are gonna have to take a step back. This is all part. Of, this theory makes a thousand percent. I still sense. think the Dodgers end up with Soto. Yeah, Ethan. Last thing, where's Soto go? I mean, I was hoping the Mets. Not happening. Of yes, course, uh, I have no idea. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Dodgers. That's my final answer. Oh, he doesn't get traded. All right. It uh, just it makes the Dodgers make too much sense. It it makes me sick how much sense it makes. Me too, uh, Ethan. Thank you so much for joining us on this Monday, August first. And we uh, any, anything to promote before we get out of here? Obviously. No, just follow me on Twitter. Sweet, that's it. Ethan GSN. At Ethan GSN. Easy. You can follow me. Where, uh, where, yeah. where does, where does the GoFundMe go for for the Bobby Margarita lawsuit? <laughs> oh man, I got someone doing it pro bono. Don't worry about it, guys. That's amazing. Thank you so much. You can follow. We're done with the show. We're, we're done with the show this week. You can follow me at O'Reilly. You can follow Greg at Bush's Break. We'll be back next week. Love you guys. Bye. Okay, I'm gonna skip for NHL Insiders Club. I'm gonna say one name first. It's Leshik Gronowski. I finally said it right after. Two and a half years, or something like that, because I always say all the names wrong. Without further ado, I'd like to thank some of the other NHL Insider Club's members, because I actually mispronounced their names as well, as I do every single week. But uh, for all of you know that I'll be going on vacation next week, so if anything happens, uh, I won't know about it. I'll be in the woods, my phone will be off, I'll be in some cities, I'll be enjoying non-Rangers life for a couple days. Then I'll come back, and we're going to be in preseason camp, and oh my goodness, it's going to come quick. Without further ado, Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Alex Gardner, Andy DeTerragata, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Bill Rattel, Brandon Lacos, Brett McGinnis, Brett McGinnis, I almost messed up Brett's name, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Broadway Butcher Bleeder, Chris Vanelli, Chris Haru, CJ Stellwagen, Conrad P. Damage, Daniel Dazen, David Aaron, David Siegel, Dennis Dites, Darian, Eric Stagg, Garrett Reyes, Kim Gardner, Cup, Garrett, Gretzky, Garrett McFly, Harris Asco, Hippie 89, Hollis Sauce, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jake B., James Masker, J- Jamie Filippone, Jerry Marquez, JD, Jimmy Back, JJ Frank, JJ, John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, John Orin, Josh Keston, Bob, Justin Freeman, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Leshek, Leshek, oh man, I'm messing it up now, Gronowski, oh no, Luigi Ordetto, Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kahn, Meatball the Cat, Mike Bucklaw, Neil Grover, Nicholas Dinacola, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Kodarev, Pro World Sex Gamer, Randy Tesser, Sean Tiger, Sean Tiger, uh, Sean Tiger, a different one? Oh no, there's, there's two of them. Uh, Steve Manella, Steve Stickbullbox, Weigart, Tom, Thomas Welsh, Tom Sicleri, Tom Hurst Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, an absolute legend. Upstate Vin, Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, Will Spector, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Did I not say Matthew Kind? I, I know I messaged Matthew last week. Did I mention Matthew here? 
Anyway, Matthew Kine. I'll say his name again. He deserves it. Ultimate supporter club, that's for sure. I don't know if I said it, though. I'm scrolling down. Whatever. I'll find him. Anywho, love you guys. We'll be back next week uh, with a lot more to talk about, of course. And, uh, I mean, we have a really fun BSB episode that's coming out. Good Hangs Part 2. Stay tuned for that. Love you guys. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.